Welcome to the Association of Applied and Therapeutic Humor podcast, LaughBox. We have multiple hosts and multiple guests and multiple ways to think out of the box using humor. LaughBox is a production of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Visit us online at www.aath.org. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Music by Gary Rubio. For more information, www.garyrubiomusic.com. Join us for episode 117 with Jim Bob Williams, KDB, and special guest, Roberta Gold, president of AATH. Yay! Welcome to LaughBox, the official podcast of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. And today we have Hail to the Chief episode. Woo! Roberta Gold, president of AATH, is with us today. Yay! All right, so I'm Jim Bob Williams. And I'm Katie B. And Roberta. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. It's so wonderful to be here with you. Of course, you're now you're a seasoned veteran of Laugh Box because you were in, on episode number eight. Early on with the wonderful chiplets. Yep. All right. Just catch us up. What's been going on since the last time you were on Laugh Box? <laughs> <laughs> wow. How much time do we have? <laughs> as much as you want, but we'll let it down to 45 minutes or so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Allah, I have been doing a lot of things and I haven't once left AATH because it's my heart and my soul. It's, it's where I found my people. It's where I have friends. It's where I come to just find joy in life. And I'm just really, really blessed to be president of this great organization right now. Last I was on, I was, I don't think I had published my first book, but I have since. My first book was more kind of like a workbook-ish kind of book called The Family That Laughs Together, A Quick Eye to Sanity When You Feel Like Screaming. <laughs> I have since started a newsletter called Laughter Rocks, tips and tools to keep your cool no matter what. So I, uh, that gets sent out free every Friday and you can easily sign up on my website, plug, 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 uh, <laughs> but it's free, but I put out my, a book from it from the first three years of it. And it's the same title, Laughter Rocks. And I have my next Laughter Rocks 2.0 book that should be coming out in a couple within a month, I would say. I'm just kind of finalizing the cover of it right now. All right. That's so exciting. I know. I'm very, very excited. I gave your card set to my mom for when she Uh, needs a little bit of a lift. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Uh, You made cards that go along with Laughter Rocks, the book, right? Yeah, it's a 52 set card deck with just a quick little something to lift you up for the day. It's uh, you can read one a day, you can pull one out, have a discussion with your family or friends, or you can look at it before you go to bed at night. Yeah, so great. Thank you so much. It's a lot of fun. We are recording this episode the Monday of Thanksgiving week. And of course, Thanksgiving is a time for it's great because you're with family and it stinks because you're with family. (laughs) (laughs) you said that right so what advice do you have for folks that are 
I mean, this will be out in time for Christmas. How do you use humor to help cope the with holiday? your family together? Yes. You know what? We Some of us are blessed with incredible families. Some of us have friends that are family that we choose. Whether you have a family that you are blessed with and are absolutely wonderful, but everyone has that cousin or that aunt or that uncle or that neighbor or someone that's just, uh, did they have to come again? Did they have to say that? Did they really just do that? <laughs> um, <laughs> Every, I don't know one family that doesn't have somebody that kind of, when they talk about them, they you can see the embarrassment rise on there. We can't change another person. No, the best psychiatrist in the world can't change another person. The only thing that we have the ability to do is change our reaction to that person, be them family, friends, coworker, whoever they are. We have to do things for ourselves to prepare. So you know, if you know Uncle Betty's going to be at the gathering, Uncle Betty, that was a good one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so good. It was. I'm going to segue into Wilma later, but that was so good. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> um, then you have to do things like that. You have to watch YouTube funny videos. You have to get on a phone call with somebody that makes you feel fabulous. Do something to prepare yourself if you know you're going into a situation that's going to be explosive in one way or another. And if you can't, then when it gets over, do that to calm yourself down. And always just remember that we only have control over our attitude. We only have control over how we react to how somebody does what they do, says what they do, behaves how they do. And as, as difficult it may be in the moment, try your best to think of the funniest thing you just saw and picture that, not to laugh in the face of somebody that's going at it because that, that's a disaster and yeah. just don't ever do that. But but if you can somehow change the way you react so that you're not, they're not pushing every one of your buttons, you're going to come out of it in better shape. And that's the best that we can do. That's and then, awesome. And then do your ahas, because that's just the easiest thing in the world to do is just look in a mirror or get up to a friend or your, or your dog or your pet turkey, whatever it be, <laughs> just do ah. Ha! Ah! Ha! All right, I'm remembering this. <laughs> I am remembering this. Yes, if you don't feel good after that, then you haven't done it hardy enough. <laughs> Very nice. Wow, that's awesome. That that's my suggestion for it. You know, and then just do something beautiful for yourself and your and the, those that you really care about. Lovely. Well, Roberta, you're the president. I am. And this organization still hasn't seen its full potential. It is fabulous. And I want to make it even better than that. I want us to, to really shine the way that we are meant to be, the way that Allison Crane created this, this organization way back when, and all the beautiful, wonderful people that have been in it since its inception. And I came ways after that. I've been in it probably over 30 years or probably more than that now. Yeah. Um, probably over 35 years, I'm thinking. Wow. Uh, so I've seen it go and change and evolve and 
it's we're still it's it you know we're still evolving into what we can be and and I love the beauty of that I love the members that we have I love the board that I have I, I love all the presidents that I'm following in their footsteps and I'm hoping that I I, I live up to the potential and the, the example that they've sent. Um, and I hope that I, I set something for the future because this organization needs to be, we're it. <laughs> Roberta, can I, I, I wanted to ask you, Wilma Flintstone had a leg problem at the conference <laughs> and I wanted to check on how your leg's doing. I did. I, uh, you know, like Humpty Dumpty, I had a great fall. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I got blessed though, because not too many people have a story about something that happens to them. And I, I do, I do. So I was hiking on my birthday on April 8th, 2023, earlier this year. And with my daughter and her, my grand puppy and a girlfriend, and we were coming back and we had gone up to a very beautiful waterfall and we were coming down. It was a very narrow, very steep downhill after rains. And in Southern California, we don't have a lot of rain. So when we get rain and we get pelted with it and it just guts the roads and it gutted the trail and it was gravelly and that's no excuse. I'm a klutz. I fell. <laughs> <laughs> I just fell. Luckily, my daughter grabbed me. I didn't go off the edge. And I knew I did some damage. I didn't know I did what I did, but I had to get down from that. And because we were blocking, <laughs> we were blocking the trail. And so somehow I made it down with the help of my daughter and my friend. And at the bottom of it, I sat down. I told my daughter, you know what? And well, mind you, we're three and a half miles from our car. And I said, just go get some crutches from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no cell service we're in the, we're in the middle of the Santa Monica mountains and she hightailed it because I guess I found out afterwards I was pale white and she thought I was going to pass out so she she hightailed it with her dog and she's not a runner especially in hiking twos and before too long and I sat down and my friend sat with me and some other people stopped beautiful people wonderful people who hike and before too long I hear the propellers of a helicopter and I look up at a helicopter circling and circling, doing 10 circles, and they there's no place to land. I'm in the I'm in the jungle almost. It's not the jungle, but and down comes this guy on a cable. And he comes down from the helicopter and gets right to me, puts a harness on me, tells me I have to straddle him. He was gorgeous. And um, <laughs> it wasn't hard. And I grab on and we go up into up into the air and into the helicopter and they whirl me away and to where to a field and then four other guys with a board come and get me put me on the board and carry me up where they told my daughter to be and where the ambulance was. Um, so luckily it, I didn't do any other damage except for to my leg. They checked me out, let me go with my daughter. I did find out I broke my fibula and my tibia at the ankle. Yeah, I don't do anything half-assed. So I, I did a good, good number. I didn't need surgery. I was blessed and thankful for that. I had to go to the doctor every week for an x-ray. On the ninth week, he told me I didn't need surgery. So I didn't know for nine weeks if I actually would need it. And here I am, I'm seven and a little over seven months out from the surgery and I'm healed. 
Um, I'm not going to be completely, my bones did repair. I'm not completely healed, she said, till I'm past a year. But walking, I'm going to, I'm ready to hit another trail probably next week. I'm going to go on my first hike. Probably won't be playing tennis for a little while yet still, but I'm doing great. And I'm thankful and I'm, and the humor and the laughter is funny. My daughter, who was terrified because she really did think she's a nurse and she just thought I was going to pass out. And, um, and she said it wasn't until she saw me being carried by four guys and I had all of them laughing and I was <laughs> telling them jokes. She said, oh, my mom's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, And, you know, you and Steve Wilson have a cast in common. And he's been having clown noses and googly eyes and all kinds of little treats added to his cast as he's been dealing with his stuff too. So he you guys the, are leg twinsies. He is the epitome of, of finding the humor and and stuff that happens. Um, yeah, I love Steve Wilson. <laughs> love him, love him, love him. I just, you've got to laugh because if you don't laugh, what else is there? Yeah. You know, life is too serious. I broke a leg. Hey, it's not the end of the world. I had a beautiful purple cast that everybody looked at and loved. You know, I mean, yeah, it was up to my thigh, but hey, <laughs> you know, my upper extremities got very buff from the wheelchair and the walker. And, you know, there, there's benefits to, to life slowed down just a little bit. <laughs> Very much so. Jim Bob, uh, yeah. so do you have a question so the, for Wilma? Yeah, I got just one question. The, the the EMT that came down from the helicopter. Is yeah. that just a line that he uses to meet women? <laughs> yeah, you know, I I think so, you know, but I don't think he really needed a line. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So you're calling me Wilma, and just for the sake of the audience here who didn't happen to be at our conference in Arizona, um, it was in Mesa, Arizona, and our theme was kind of back to the bedrock, digging humor and excavating, and so I had the the pleasure of emceeing with the wonderful Tom Getsky, and oh, yeah, and we ended up doing, a, we, we kind of played on the digging humor and turned it into a bedrock and turned it into a Flintstones. And, and we were, we were Fred and Wilma and uh, <laughs> Wilma's <laughs> never been in a wheelchair before, but Hey, I had to make it work. <laughs> yeah. So well, you just gave her more of her character depth. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you. It was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a joy to be able to emcee that conference and um, yeah, and we have our next conference coming up in April of 2024. And I invite everybody to come to Denver and experience an, a conference like we've never had because the hotel, the Curtis Hotel, unbelievable. Every floor that you get off the elevator, you are in a different themed floor that is one floor you get off and you're in a pac-man you're in a pac-man game you know it's all around you and the 13th floor is the horror floor and the, we have the humor floor and we have the music floor and we have the sports floor and 
it is made for AATH and Ed Dunkelblau found, oh, he's wonderful, but yeah, you, uh, you just gotta see, you gotta come, come for the hotel and stay for a fabulous conference <laughs> or come for a fabulous conference, stay at a wonderful hotel. <laughs> awesome. There is no experience like an AATH conference. It yeah. Is. All, right, All so the I dopamine you can possibly take. Yes. <laughs> a dopamine buffet. Okay. But, all right. So, okay. You've seen some, okay, how has therapeutic humor changed since the time that you started with the AATH to now? Uh, you've opened up a can of worms. Okay. Well, you know, humor is subjective. AATH has always prided itself to use inclusive humor and to try the best that we can to, to make sure that the humor that we use is not offensive. And it, it, it basically utilizes it as a way to bring people together, to unite people because humor has that power. I also know that humor can be like a sword. And I've experienced that personally when I was younger. I mean, I actually ended a friendship because of a joke she told. It was just horrific. It, it was how many, how many Jews can you fit in a Volkswagen? You know, two in the front seat, three in the back seat, 20 in the ashtray. I mean, that's not funny. That's not when my, my, I had relatives burned to the ground, locked in a temple and burnt to the ground. I mean, you, you don't, you don't say jokes like that. You know, you don't tell slavery jokes. You don't tell Ukraine, you know, right now, Ukraine, Israel. I mean, life is challenging. Everybody has been affected in one way or another in the last number of years, since 9-11 to, to even before. I mean, there's a fine line on the jokes you tell, which is why I say that I teach people how to find the humor when the comedian goes home, because that's my tagline for my company, Laughter for the Health of It. And, and it's about finding humor all around us. It's about utilizing humor so we can get through the tragedies that we're facing, so that we can get through and deal with family issues, losses, and pain and suffering. And it's not to make fun of what's happening. I kind of feel that how I started really evolving into my humor and laughter is through the show MASH. Because MASH is kind of the epitome of a tragic situation that they used humor to get through it. Okay, yes, they use practical jokes and they got to do a lot more stuff because, you know, they're out and out and all that, but <laughs> you know, they were in this tight-knit community. I mean, when I'm with my coworkers, I can make jokes about the patients that we're dealing with and they know we're not making fun of them. We're using humor to deal so that we can better serve them. And that's how humor should be. I know that there's times when people take things the wrong way and, and I feel for that. And I hope that myself, I never do that. And if I do, I hope I'm called out on it. And I hope that as an organization, we can call each other out in a nice way, in a, in a way that says, Hey, do you realize what you just said? And I'll say, Oh my gosh, I didn't please enlighten me. I want to know so that I don't ever, ever, ever hurt somebody again. And I think with humor and laughter, we open the door so that we can communicate better with each other. Humor and laughter brings us together because, you know, we all laugh exactly the same. We, we laugh with 
our voices, with our smiles, with our eyes, with our faces, with our hands, with our bodies. If we laugh hard enough, we're shaking all over and we do it exactly the same. It doesn't matter where we live, where we come from, what language we speak, what God we pray to. We laugh the same. And that's what makes us human. And that's what brings us together. And that's what AATH is. That's what I want for it. Thank you. Beautiful. Now your expertise is in play therapy. I'm actually a recreation therapist. All right. And it's interesting. So So as a recreation, you know what a recreation therapist actually is. So you hurt in one way or another, you go to a doctor, he looks at what's wrong with you and he prescribes medicine, right? He might send you to a physical therapist who will then work with your bum leg that, you know, he'll work with my leg and got my ankle back to where it needs to be uh, and, and just what was wrong. And our occupational therapist will get you back into your daily living skills, work with your upper extremities and, and get you up and going again. A therapist looks at your mind, you know, and says, let's work with that, that you need to fix. A recreation therapist, we were doing positive psychology before it was labeled positive psychology, because I look at you and I don't look at your bum leg. I don't look at the fact that you can't use your arms in the way that you used to. I look at what's right with you. And I say, how can we build on what's right and get you to enjoy your leisure time again? So you might not be able to play pro football, but you can play wheelchair basketball and you can do this and that and whatever it is. And I look at you and I help you with your coping skills. I help you get back into what you enjoy again in your life. I help you with stress management and time management and and I do therapy with you, but I do it in a way that you're going to enjoy your life again. And it was easy for me to just utilize humor and laughter because when I was working in a psychiatric facility way back when, there there I was working with the occupational therapist and we had a craft room and the patients would come in and probably the most popular craft at the time, and this was right out of college, mind you, was stuffed animals. And they'd work on the head and they'd sew the head and they'd make a head of some kind of animal. And then they'd put it down and they'd work on the body. And and me, because I don't change my personality wherever I am, I would pick up the head and I'd make it start talking and I'd go... (laughs) And they'd look at me like I should be here, not them, you know, like who's the crazy one, right? And later that day or that week, they'd stop me in the hallway and they'd say, Roberta, can we talk? I don't feel comfortable talking to my therapist or my doctor, but I want to talk with you. And I realized that when we laughed, we broke down that patient doctor, patient therapist bond. We We bonded, we connected in a way that made them want to come and seek me out. And they came to my classes and I started a class early on called Brighten Up. And it was a class because way back when I'm I'm kind of old, um, the psych units used to let people out on passes. They don't anymore, you know, from line on and billing and all the stuff that came. But they used to go on weekend passes and they'd be terrified that they'd have to go out into the world and, and maybe say something wrong or do something wrong or people would look at them funny. And we'd talk about it. And then after they came back from the past, they'd come back into my Brighten Up class and we'd debrief and see how it went and you and, and laugh about it. And I realized you don't have to have a mental illness 
to need to see the humor in life. Everybody needs to see the humor in life and everybody has issues and difficulties and something that they're dealing with. And I started Laughter for the Health of It in 1983 with a mission to empower everybody to find a way to have a more positive outlook in life utilizing humor and laughter. And I became an attitude adjustment coach. Awesome. And does that, do you have a, an MSW? Do you have a master's degree with a license or something? Or I, did you... I don't have a master's. I have a degree. I'm a certified recreation therapist. So I have a degree in recreation therapy and I have a certification, a license in it. And I am a certified humor professional. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yeah. And I just wasn't sure if the recreation therapy came from something else that because you were in the psych, you were in the psychiatric ward, you're saying? I've worked in all types of, I've worked in probably with probably every single population except for hardened criminals. I worked in psychiatric units. I worked with physical disabilities. I've worked with mental disabilities. I've run group homes. I've been a qualified mental, what used to be called in QMRP for better terms, it's changed, but it was qualified mental retardation professional, which is not the term yeah. now. Right. Pretty bad. I've worked with Gang kids, which were probably one of my favorite kids to work with. I was teaching them cooking in an after-school program. It's like if you treat people as people and not as labels that they have on them, people will rise to their potential. Get rid of a label and treat a person as a human. If you're going to want somebody to respect you, you've got to treat them with respect and start that way. And it works. And they're beautiful. Oh, that's amazing, too, that your recreation therapist certification got you into all of those places. Yes. And what an experience and what a background you have to be then bringing that into humor. That's amazing. Thank you. It's natural. It's just where I should be. I love people. I love meeting people. I love all walks of people. I believe the world should look at a person and judge them whether they're good or bad. And that's all you need to do. Nothing else. Are you a good person or a bad person? And even bad people have some good points to them. Some of them. <laughs> I think that you are two absolutely beautiful people to be putting on this and doing this and interviewing people with such joy and passion that I am I'm, I'm seeing and hearing in you is a gift and and this laugh box is a just a beautiful way to get to know different people. So thank you for having me on here. Thank you for interviewing me again. And thank you for letting me be president of AATH. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I mean, and letting you, I believe you were elected. Yeah. I paid a lot of money. No, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> so you're out, you're out in California, Roberta. There's a lot I am. happening out there right now. And we've run into a lot of stuff about people from coming from different communities and different nationalities and families coming from different places. What's happening out there with you in the world of tr trying to make sure we don't other anyone? What do you mean? I mean, as far as like when you have people immigrating in and you have different cultures colliding with one another, uh, I mean, sometimes the, the initial defense is to throw up 
throw up barriers and treat other people as others. Yeah, mm -hmm. Give them a label and mm -hmm. give yourself a reason not to interact with them. I speak a bunch of languages. And so something I've I've run up against and I'm trying to improve and maybe out there it's already solved. You know what I mean? Because in my travels, I've had these experiences and it's how to, you know, it's basically how to connect with everyone in the world. And sometimes I ask people, oh, um, I hear you have an accent. Can I ask about it? And I've, I've had people say, oh, that's othering. You've set me apart from the average American and now you've othered me. And certainly I don't want to do that. And I'm wondering if you might have some insight on how humor and your location might have information on how to make that better. How do we all create community across the entire country with all the people, the beautiful people that have come here to land? How do we bring everybody together like that? You know, it's why I live in Southern California, because I love learning and being with all different types of people. My kids were raised with United Nations in my home, so they know no different. I know no different. I don't look at a person, again, I don't look at somebody trying to figure out where they're from or who they where they come from or what they believe in or what I, I just talk to them. And, and I think that's what you need to do. You, you just need to talk to people. We need to, the world needs to talk. <laughs> we need to talk to each other. We need to interact. We need to invite people over and share a glass of wine and, you know, and say, Hey, you know, use yourself as the brunt of any joke. You're not going to hurt somebody that way. And you're going to then enamor yourself into with somebody else because you put yourself into a different position. You're not putting yourself into a higher level. I do silly stuff all the time. I just happen to live a silly life. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I like to have fun. I like to be goofy. I'm saddened that there is this other othering. I haven't come across it. So sorry for my ignorance on it because I start a conversation by complimenting somebody on something. I, I think it's a great way, you know, and, and my kids are amazed because I can compliment people. There was somebody that walked in and they had probably, I have never seen more piercings and more tattoos and more colors in their hair and more interesting clothing. And I went and complimented them on something that they had. I don't remember what it was and ended up in a conversation with that person and hugging them afterward. And my kids looked at me afterwards and go, only you, mom, only you. <laughs> well, Roberta, we would have been friends because that was me. I was the one with all the piercings and all oh, wow. the colors in my hair and all the wild clothes. That wow. Was totally yeah. And, uh, and as a gothic teenager, you know, I was othered. And I think I always try and use language as a connecting tool, but I'm learning as time goes on, that's not turning out to be the best answer. But I, I'm so curious you said you your kids grew up with the United Nations in your household? So my house was the the house that all the kids came to. My my son was a theater kid and my daughter between sports and 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 theater did both. And my house was the house pe the kids came to. In fact, my son is friends with this couple and they had their first kiss on my couch. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. But but it was always it was it was everybody was always welcome. And, and it didn't matter. My kids didn't know any difference. It wasn't unusual. It was, this, these are just my friends. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, so we beautiful. had everybody always over. Love it. Okay. Uh, this question comes out of left field because I hadn't thought about it until we started talking here. Okay. Local rehab facility, sober living home. The counselor came to me and said, it's a pretty grim situation. People there, they've been told by their family and ports or whatnot, don't screw up anymore. And so... I said, well, why don't we have a series of do some games, do some improv games, we'll talk about humor in everyday life and how they can adapt it. And he said, that's, yeah. we gave it a try for six weeks, we're going to be doing it again. But I'm beginning to think that maybe the, you know, when, when you have a population that's been told, you know, they've been told not to disobey or to comply, but they've never been shown constructively how to have fun. And most of their trouble came from when they were using substances to, to have fun. So maybe what they, you know, they need more training in, a rec rec you know, in how to recreate properly and positively. Mm -hmm. and so I just, have you, have you worked with, uh, uh, with folks in addiction and, and how, oh, have yeah. they, how have they responded to uh, uh, recreational therapy? So it's interesting. So I worked acute detox. So in the hospital when they were detoxing and then in uh, sober living homes, I did weekly programs as well. So I've a lot of experience, both in public detox facilities and in the ritzy, ritzy ones that people spend millions to come from other countries and places. So I've done both of them. And it is interesting. It, it is, um, it's one population that I, 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 I so enjoyed working with them and utilizing humor and laughter with them. We did um, when there was the one facility that had money, they did equestrian therapy and they had oh. yoga come in and they had chefs and stuff. But in the other facility where there wasn't that money, you basically, I was teaching them how to play games and how to have fun and how to enjoy leisure time without drinking, without drugs, without the substances that they thought that that was the only way to have fun. And yes, it's difficult. And yes, it's painful. And I worked also with the therapist side by side with the therapist and we did classes together. But it's it's basically, I think that once they have come to that point of being rock bottom, they were a little bit open to learn how do I enjoy my life again? And so I presented them all kinds of opportunities for that. I showed them all kinds of things that they could do, whether it was physical activities and sports and games to mental and, you know, chess and, 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 and board games and card games. And, and they had fun and they realized they could have fun. It's, it's a slow process, but it works. And if you introduce it right and you put the right environment with it, and it's always going to be a battle. I mean, substance abuse, people that ha have gone through that, it's a lifelong, it's a lifelong battle, just like diabetes and just like um, heart disease. You are always thinking of how to stay healthy in it. But if you have the support and, you know, and a lot of these people lost their families completely. So yeah, I, I, I understand. Um, but what difference is that than when I was working with domestic violence? And I also worked with people that came first into a shelter and I saw physically what they went through. The horrific, horrific abuse they took. What was worse was the mental abuse that they took. And I worked with them and I did humor and laughter programs with them. I worked with people that I myself didn't know how they could come back from something so horrific. And they 
were able to laugh and they were able to bring their kids into the program and have the kids, if they were, they were of an age to understand, to come and laugh with me as well. And we found ways to bring joy and humor into their lives again. And I think that was the most rewarding thing I've ever done. So the AATH model of humor helps. Yes. You are a living endorsement for that. <laughs> <laughs> In every way. I mean, I myself had a family history a dominantly hereditary disease that my dad was the um, genetic starter of. I had two major, major surgeries in between that I almost died from. And humor helps. Humor does everything. Humor works. I had a surgeon, my surgeon, oh my God, over six foot tall, stoic, you know, stoic surgeon, one of the best surgeons in the world. And I, I, I remember I, when I was going in for my surgery, I called the office and I talked to his nurse and I said, hey, do you think he would put on a red nose? And they go, what? Yeah, just give it a try. I'd like to see this. So I showed up for surgery. And of course, when you, when you're, you're being prepped, you, you know, in the prep room, I gave noses to all the nurses. I gave them to the anesthesiologist. And my surgeon, I, I I had my surgery at Cedar sinai which is also a teaching hospital too. And so he came in with his team and I said, I would like to give you all red noses. And he picked it, he took it and he opened the package and he looked at it and he said, and I'm thinking I'm holding my breath and I'm not knowing what's going to happen. And he put one on and he handed one to each of his team members and he had them put it on. And he let me take a picture of them and he lets me use it in my presentations. And when I went for my first follow-up six weeks later or four weeks, I forget when, you know, my, my surgical follow-up, he asked me if I had more red noses for his staff. His staff couldn't believe that I had gotten him to wear a red nose. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I go in every year because I have to get checked. And, um, and he still asked me about my red noses and my humor and everything. <laughs> oh yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, the randomness are are winners. Uh, yeah, in any context, I think they win every time. They're an easy, easy thing. You don't have to say anything. You put on a red nose and you get a reaction. I mean, you get all kinds of different reactions, but you get a reaction and it opens the door to a conversation. That's for sure. So do compliments. As you were saying, you know, Joy First is running around giving random strangers compliments. And sometimes they break down and I get a story. I get whatever's happening with them in the moment, whatever stress they're dealing with and they want to tell somebody or, and sometimes we giggle and it sort of like opens this door to whatever somebody is needing in the moment. It's, it's beautiful. So I'm glad you also talked about compliments earlier because I agree with you, like gratitude and compliments mm -hmm. and appreciation are so much of what we need right now Yes, around yes. the world, you know? Yes, gratitude grounds us and gives us the ability to laugh more and harder. And laughing harder gives us gratitude for everything that we have. So you, you having one without the other doesn't work. You need both of them. You need gratitude, you need laughter, you need friends and family and friends that are family. And I really, really wish for everybody that the holiday season 
is a beautiful one. However you celebrate it in whatever way you want to, I hope that the ending of this year and the start of next year is joyful, gratitude-filled, and laughter-filled. Let's make it peace-filled too. Yes, peace. Yeah, I, I, I wish for peace in the world. I wish for people to stop blaming and start taking actions for, take responsibility for your actions. Apologize when you're wrong. Say, I'm sorry. Say, thank you. Say, ask how I can do better. And, and start each day thinking about how we can make this day a better day for myself, but make it a better day for someone else as well. Beautiful. Sorry to interrupt you, Jim Bob. So I just think of it. So maybe the answer chat GPT, where GPT stands for gratitude and gratitude and peace and therapeutic humor. Nice. I love that. Gratitude, peace, and therapeutic humor. I love it. Love it. You heard it here first. We're copywriting it and all that. (laughs) But one question that I always ask is uh, because they're very different, you know, people have different approaches to humor, different theories of how to apply humor, etc. And the question I almost always ask is, what difference does humor make on Thursday, where just an average everyday week, this being Thanksgiving week, we have a very special Thursday. I think you may have answered my question. Mm-hmm. but, but uh, how can we make it how can we use humor to make a difference this thursday brighten somebody's life up tell something funny share a funny story you know they say that the best thing that we can leave for our kids is the stories that we have start a new tradition maybe do one thing different at your thanksgiving table if you celebrate Br- bring in a funny fruit something simple that brings a smile and a and, and joy to somebody else and it doesn't take much to do that it it can be one simple simple thing you know show up in your red nose <laughs> <laughs> Put feathers on your, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, do something that, that brings a smile to somebody else. And, and and I think that's the best thing we can do for Thanksgiving. Great idea. So, looking to the future, what projects do you have coming up? What things can we look forward to in AATH? Wow. ATH is is evolving and it's wonderful. You'll see a website that is going to be interactive and you're going to be able to leave messages for people. I think one of the things that I would love and you'll see is for us to connect more with each other. And the beauty about AETH is we're unlike other people. It, people that you think of as Ooh, they're the big wigs. They're the, wow, you know, they'll talk with you. You can reach out to anybody in AATH, Alan Klein, um, Steve Wilson, um, Karen Buxman, and they will give you time. They will talk to you. They're approachable. They're wonderful, beautiful people. You talk, you can reach out to any one of us at any time. And what's going to be great about our website is you're going to leave messages with people. I would love for people to recognize each other in giving awards, just that you're a wonderful person award. You're, you're a great friend award. Just, you know, just acknowledge somebody and how they, and how you feel about them. And I think that we're going to be able to do more of that. 
And I, and I think that we're going to have more programs and ways to connect and ways to learn because humor and laughter is in the forefront of so much research that's going on. And like never before, when I first started, oh my golly, I had to dig, dig, dig to find things, you know, and I'm glad I, I you know, I, Alan Klein was, was it when I was starting and now he's my friend. Wonderful. And this is AATH, and this is what AATH is all about. Can we talk about sponsorship? Is it the conference or the organization had a sponsor in the past? And are we looking for a sponsor for the future? Yes, please. Yes. We're looking for many sponsors. We're a nonprofit. I have to be honest. We we run with on volunteers. We do pay our administrators who are fabulous fabulous Michelle and Stacy and her team their team is amazing and we're very very blessed to have them we wouldn't be ATH with without what they do for us so they they deserve just accolades galore but we need you we need people on our committees we need sponsors you know if you work for a company talk to them they may be able to Put in $250, $5,000. You know, I mean, <laughs> nothing's too small. Nothing's too big. There are so many beautiful ways that you can help with the conference, help with sponsor ATH, help bring somebody in that wouldn't be able to come to the conference. That's a beautiful way too. And the, the office has a whole list of different ways that you can sponsor from very small to very generous and, and nothing is, nothing is too small. And that's, that's the beauty of it. So if you would like to contribute in some way, we would love for you to, and we appreciate you and we want you. So Roberto, thank you for that. We're coming to the end of our podcast time. And I want to give you, it might be a little bit silent, but I want to give you a standing ovation for being president this year, for doing all that you do, for being so wonderful and beautiful, for opening your eyes this morning and deciding to be you. Thank you so much because you are gorgeous. Thank you so much, Katie and Jim Bob. Thank you for what you do for AATH and for the world. And we are blessed to have you. I personally am blessed to know you and have you in my life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. This has been Laugh Box, the official podcast of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. I'm Jim Bob Williams. And I'm Katie B. And we want to thank our very special guest, President Roberta Gold. Woo! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And we wish everybody within the sound of our voices uh, to have a, a wonderful holiday filled with gratitude, peace, and therapeutic humor. Yes. Take care. All right. Thank you for joining us for episode 117 with Jim Bob Williams, Katie B, and Roberta Gold. Laughbox is a production of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Visit us online at www.aath.org. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Music by Gary Rubio. For more information, www.garyrubiomusic.com. 
This has been Laugh Box, brought to you by the Association of Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.